Welcome back, everybody, to the show. We're glad you're here. This is episode 118 on September 4th, 2023. We welcome to the stream uh, Damien. Uh, we welcome uh, to the stream uh, Mike. Balin is a daddy. Yes, he is. Balin is a daddy, and we are here for it. Thank you so much for joining us. We're a little late. We did find the map. We figured it out. Uh, all we had to do was turn it like a Rubik's Cube, and it was fine. It was fine. We couldn't figure it out. After all, the studying at the Jedi Temple and uh, searching around like Cal Kestis, we just needed someone else to turn it for us, and then we were able to decipher the map, uh, and then it was taken by droids. So uh, we're here now, and uh, we're, we're glad you're with us. The chat has been on fire. Special shout outs to our early risers here. We got the Scarif Scuttlebutt in first uh, with a compliment on the nice thumbnail. Appreciate you. Megan Megan is here. We have Ambrose's Geeky new to chat. Thank you for being here. Luna Girl is here. As always, you are the best. And we are super excited to be here with you. Uh, 10 second check in. Damien, how are you? Good. Happy uh, Happy Labor Day to everybody out there. The unofficial end of summer. Yes, yes, indeed. Mike, how are you? Ten seconds. I'm exhausted. I don't feel like going back to work tomorrow. Work <laughs> stinks, but we're here to work for you tonight. And uh, we're going to start off our show uh, leading off with something that's going to... We're going to go off a little sidebar here. And it is something that I noticed uh, while whilst watching the show... And we're not the first to notice this. Let's just be real. We are the last show that you're probably watching on the Ahsoka series, which means that I get to curate a lot of the different ideas on the Twitter slash X slash sphere or whatever. And um, I did notice it naturally, but then I started putzing around on X.com. I hate saying it like that. And uh, people were, people noticed it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wrestling move. And um did you notice the the opening the Star Wars the new Star Wars Disney show intros with like the the helmets, right? They're colored this time around, and I don't know if you noticed it, but we're gonna do an early noticement because it has implications. If you have not noticed it yet, let's get right into it right now. All right, first off, it opens with Vader, red. Duh, of course. C-3PO, blue. I'm with it. Okay. Clone Trooper, blue. Questionable, but okay. Well, we'll accept blue. Uh, an HK droid, red. 100%. Totally agree. Hu Yang, blue. I went out of order. I'm saving one for for last. A Hu Yang, blue. I'm with <laughs> it. A Stormtrooper, what do you think? Red, of course. How about Chopper, blue. Okay, how about Maroc? Blue. Sabine. Red. What's going on there? David, Mr. Filoni, what are you doing? What's happening? Who noticed this? Who agrees that this is hidden in plain sight? Is Maroc our hero? Now that now that started getting me down the, the lines of the who is Maroc? That's big discourse on X. On X.com. And there's like potential clone things happening. And the best one I heard, because I can't take claim for it, but the best one I heard is that this is 
a clone of Kane and Jarrus brought back through the Night Sisters. And it's possible. And I'm not going to say it's impossible because it's possible because that's very legendy sort of storylines. And that's cool. Uh, <laughs> who is it? And why is he blue? And is he the hero in plain sight? And will Sabine turn? Will Sabine turn? I don't know. But it is super, super interesting that everything seemed pretty accurate. I will, ba- I will go based off the data. But Maroc was blue and Sabine was red. And that means something. That's how we're going to start our show. What do you think about that, Mike? I don't think it means anything. I you think son it's of just... a bitch. I, was, I really hyped that up. And you, you, you know what? Boom. Roasted. You know what? Emotional damage. Pissed off about that. I really wanted you to win. What did you to be on board with me? I, I just think color. <laughs> like I, I get the whole connections with, you know, red, bad, blue, good. But I, I don't see a Sabine it's, it, heel turn. It's intentional. Coming. It's intentional. This it's is Gene's guy all over for, again. It's it's intentional for Filoni to mess with you and make you Bastard. think it's something. Oh, I'm I'm falling right for it. I'm, I fell into the trap a long time ago. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Damien, what do you think about the colors? So I think there's something to it for sure. And just getting into episode three, like a lot of callbacks to the original trilogy, the mm-hmm. prequel trilogy, and um, that kind of stuff makes sense. And I think maybe they did kind of listen to the fan feedback about Ben Solo and Ray. Mm. This is going back and you know going to the sequel trilogy and maybe thinking like you know a role reversal or or, or yeah. hey that would be a great idea if that this happened instead of that and maybe they're implementing that into this world which would be weird to see if it was Sabine but stuff that goes down it, it kind of makes you wonder is that what they're going for and did they just kind of throw that out there to see if there's eagle eyed viewers that mm. would pay attention to it. It's it's super curious. I, I always loved I loved watching Lost because they had they had no social media back when it was on for the most part. So there was no open discourse and people trying to figure out the theories. And that show would not have worked in today's world uh, because it would have been impossible to keep the secret. But the secrets were kept during that time and, and they created really great mystery. And this is a mystery and I'm here for it. And we're here for part three and you're here for part three, a short part three. So let's, uh, let's take a, take a look at our overall impressions. It's the same. I didn't change it. So overall impressions, <laughs> quick one hitters. Well, how did you feel? What did you think for me? Uh, I came out of this episode very positive, very, very positive, almost to the point where post-sequel trilogy stories could be more amazing. That's where I'm at. I am I am really way-seeking ahead and going, there was so much great information in this episode that we could carry something forward, and it would be really great. And that's where I'm at. I'm really hyped up on this show right now. Am I at Mando level of hype right now? Maybe. Season three was a little downer, but I'm like at like mid-season two hype right now. Like what's going on with this show? There's a lot of things happening and I'm sure there's some drawing board stuff that you'll bring me down a peg or two and that's totally fine. But for right now, I'm super duper hype about the show. I throw it to Damien. 
Um, so I, this had a lot of exposition in it. And if it pays off in the future episodes, I'll, I think I'll look back on this and enjoy it more, but based off of like what we have with one, two versus three, um, it was kind of a downer for me. Uh, I do think though, if all the stuff that they were talking about and setting up and all that stuff pays off and it's not just kind of an episode to have, you know, back and forth and more Ahsoka, um, just to have Ahsoka and stuff like that, you know, then I'll be, I'll be happy if it pays off. But, um, it was a little bit of a downer for me. I enjoyed it, but not as much as I enjoyed parts one and two or episodes one and two. That's fair. That's or fair. I, one and two. I, yeah. Right whatever it's called. Parts, parts of <laughs> parts of one, two, maybe three. I hate make it the same Mandalorian. It's chapters. It's books of Boba Fett. It's now Ahsoka parts. What's going on? Mike. I like, I like Ahsoka parts. I know. I know you do. <laughs> That's why I'm here for the cake. <laughs> the, like both of you said, the, the implications of further down the line may like kind of save the episode from an otherwise meh episode for me. Uh, like there's just too many nods to different parts of like different Star Wars movies, like the, the Purgle space chase it's it seemed like the asteroid um getaway from it was essentially the asteroid getaway from empire um i feel like every show needs that uh the uh training in the blind uh scene and like it's all things have been done even mm. sabine shooting down one of the fighters and you got one a la luke <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just and it, it was just very meh for me. I I have I have a prediction later on that um I just came to my mind that could make this episode more important than I felt it is. But that like just a very meh episode. So is this the Pythagorean theorem of all episodes? It was very formulaic for you? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very quadratic formula. <laughs> very quick. Not quite trigonometry. This is basic algebra at this point. <laughs> Pretty much, okay. yeah. All right. I respect that. I respect that. But hey, there's got to be some good things out there, right? We've got some overall impressions in the chat. Uh, a lot of people saying maybe it was a little too short of an episode. Uh, maybe there's uh, things happening like, you know, Sabine not being a good shot. What happened with that? Maybe we'll talk about it in our drawing boards, but I can tell you she didn't have her presets. I know when I pick up a foreign controller, I'm not as good, right, on the sticks than you might be on your sticks, and that's what I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, let's let's give Sabine a little, you know, she's been she's been a crazy cat lady for like nine years now. You know, she's got to get back on the sticks. Let's just give her give her a little time, all right, give her a little time to to take care of her business, right? But uh, there's definitely some top moments out there, and I'd like to talk about them. And we're going to talk about them right now as soon as I turn this off and turn this on. Top moments. I wrote down a few. And uh, a lot of my top moments came from dialogue, lines that stuck with me. Uh, that I thought were super duper interesting. And if you have your top moments, go ahead and write them in the chat and we'll see if we matchy matchy up there. Uh, I like this idea right from the get go. First off, Hu Yang 
stealing the show. This show is not called Ahsoka. This is called Robot, Random Robot from Rebels and Clone Wars steals Ahsoka's show and lets you know about it because it's standard operating procedure. Um, protocol. It is protocol. We ca- You come from a long line of non-traditional Jedi. Sabine to Ahsoka to Anakin to Obi-Wan to Qui-Gon. Couldn't be more true about that. What a line from Hu Yang, and I love that just because even she was like, "You got me. You're right." I, ha- you know, and but I do like that Ahsoka's like, "I don't need her to be a Jedi, man. Like, stop it. We're not doing that. We're doing something a little different here," which I also appreciate. Which also semi answers the question of why isn't Luke involved in the training? Isn't he also doing Jedi stuff? Yes, he is. He's doing traditional stuff. Like what he learned in the swamp of Dagobah by a, an old frog guy. Ahsoka, super cynical about the whole thing, right? She doesn't like what, what happened, you know, and the white sabers and stuff like that. So she just has a different, dare I say, a different point of view on how it should happen, right? So for me, I'm, I love that. And I just love the idea that, you know, for you, it might be formulaic, but I like that they bring in some of that connection pieces for us. Cause it's just, for me, makes this show a little bit more impactful when we mention those other things, you know, instead of being that individual an individual show. Uh, no, we're going to kind of bring in some of this stuff. We're going to pad it out a little bit, but at the same time for me, makes sense. Okay. Mike, how about you? Any top moments? All the top moments that I feel the show wanted to be top moments felt like meh for me. Like the, the dual, the, uh, the, um, the fighter battle, the you know, um, the the training montage. They they like I said, they all felt meh. My top. I, I only have one thing that I really want to talk about as a top huh? for me. And it's just the CGI. Ooh. Um. Star Wars is, you know, going above and beyond where Marvel failed. Like. Even in their move, even in the Marvel movies, which you expect like top notch CGI, I remember watching uh, Wakanda Forever and seeing some terrible CGI mm. moments where Star Wars, the, the studios sparing no expense with the CGI. Uh, the Purgle looked great. Yeah. Even I have some issues with uh, um, with Ahsoka on the T six in space. I'll get to that later. But even that scene looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, everything the the uh, Eye of Zion that's the mm-hmm. airship, right? Like, I think so. This, yeah, everything looks incredible, and it's not like you notice bad CGI, and I oh, yeah. have not noticed one thing that I would be like, that's that's not supposed to look like. That. I once saw a Green Hulk twerk on the screen, and we accepted it as Correct. bad CGI, but we allowed it um, just through the circumstance. Uh, but this, you're right. Uh, and I think for even, I mean, space battle, any ship battle so far since, I'm, I'm not counting Book of Boba Fett, but they have stepped up their game when it comes to presentation. And yes. you really get lost. And there were so many different, I, I think I really, actually, I just watched the, I think it's nine and a half minutes of that final act, um, the whole thing from entering, you know, coming, dropping out of hyperspace to hiding. And then uh, Shin and Maroc sort of flying away. And there was like four or five different background scenes because of what I was doing. I, I put together a little presentation later. Um, 
The delay allowed me. The, yes, the delay allowed me to accomplish this goal that I ran out of time for, and I, we're going to do it. And uh, the, I just kept looking at the background, past the faces in the cockpits, and like looking at the the background environment, how cool and neat the it was just different. And it, but it didn't feel out of place. It felt really great to see that CGI, you know, coming. So I agree with you, man. CGI has been great, Dave. Um, yes, I mean uh, Ahsoka on the T six. I, I like that a lot some of the other space chase stuff was it was like okay but not that great um but i did like her you know kind of providing that distraction while sabine was working on the ship i like that stuff a lot um and like you said hu yang is just like he's great um he kind of he's he's kind of follows that trope of the droid that talks too much like c3po k2so and um the one quote i had from him uh was where Basically, like Sabine's like, you know, according to Hu Yang, you said I'm the worst candidate uh, to be a Jedi out of every Jedi he's ever known. And then Ahsoka's like, you you told her that? And he's like, well, it's true. Mm. <laughs> it just keeps going yeah. about business. And like I, I was, you know, cackling at that. He's He's been awesome so far. Yeah. Um, really awesome addition to the show. And to someone that like I wasn't, you know, I was like, OK, cool. They're going to have a droid. That makes sense. Um but he's been so much fun and definitely brings a little bit of levity to some of the heavier moments, some mm -hmm. of the more serious mm -hmm. moments. So I've really enjoyed him a lot um, so far on this trip. And to, to piggyback off that, some lines that Hu, Hu Yang sort of says puts a lot of things in perspective. And again, you have to you have to accept that Hu Yang has been around for what he says is a millennium. Right. And what's the math on the millennium, Mike? A thousand years a thousand years right so okay so he's been around a thousand years but we know that star wars has been around for more than that so then we have to sort of agree that maybe he puts he's been put in the service a thousand years ago but there could be stuff stuff that happens before hu yang bh and uh after hu yang who knows when that happens he could still be he could still be around for the after sequel trilogy stories we don't know just yet he could still be around but if we accept that he is like C-3PO where he has this, this protocol memory where, you know, we're literally believing what he's saying, like standard operating procedure. And you're like, of course it is. Right. And we believe it because it's a robot and it's programmed. They say it a hundred times programming. Right. Which means that he's been doing it forever. So if we believe uh, that what he says is true, the fact that the Jedi order knew that they were intergalactic hyperspace lanes led by star whales which is new information for the most part, you know, for us. But Hu Yang says it, therefore it must be true. This opens up so much and really actually adds and adds some gravitas to my way-seeking prediction of they are going through time and space somewhere else and will come out at a later date. And it's, it would make more sense now if Hu, Hu Yang states the truth that, hey, this is possible. This this thing can go astonishing speeds. I've he says I've never seen this before, and he's been around for a thousand years, right? So that's kind of huge when you start, you know, picking at the details and the lines. So I really like, and he is a plot device for us, right? The plot device of Hu Yang, sort of, you know, Sabine's just, you know, she would not be a good candidate, and we would go, Luke is. That's great. You know, was Anakin a great candidate? Technically not. Too old. That's what they said. They trained him and then, you know, 
He became a lava monster, more or less. And uh, I just really like that they're they're using him. And then all of a sudden, you know, we get these, you know, the you know, between the purgles and the epic music and this and that and that whole scene, man, I was I was entranced. I was all in on what was happening on screen. And then we end with with Daddy Balin, and I was like, "Sugar sticks, man! This episode was wild. Like, I just re- I just really enjoyed it. And it was at nine o'clock at night on Tuesdays Eastern Standard Time, and I love that too. Love I was that. not tired watching that this time around. I learned my lesson. I was ready. <laughs> I was writing notes. We we made an adjustment, but yeah, no, I, I'm that's I'm super excited. Uh, I don't even you know what are they? They're going to be hunted the next episode. Obviously, we'll get the way seeking, but. Everything that they've set up in this very short amount of time, as you say, they're complaining, oh, it's too short. I'm, I'm good with it. I think it was an appropriate amount of time for what they were trying to do. Like, what else were they going to do? They, they got to the place that they needed to get to, and now they're stuck. What happens next? I don't think we need 49 minutes to figure that out. I think they did it in an appropriate amount of time. The New Republic is done. That storyline for me is over. You know, like they've, they've, they've draw, drawn their line in the sand, and that's it. Um, so yeah, so I, like that's my moments, man. That's that's for me. That's the best moments of the episode. Uh, the the Hu Yang is a plot device, intergalactic space travel, you know, and that non traditional Jedi. Um, I know, Mike, you only had that singular one. Dane, yeah. do you have any extras to add to us? Um, I mean, just like a, a small one. Just kind of seeing the the Purgles again, I thought was cool. Obviously, like we saw like the shadows of them in Mando, uh, kind of you know teasing uh you know seeing them down the road but uh just seeing them was kind of cool obviously we know they're a huge part or going to be playing a huge part in what eventually i guess will will happen at either at the end or at some point during the season so um it was cool to just kind of have that moment of seeing them and and like you said too like the cgi on them obviously these are time traveling space whales um but they they look really really good not as colorful as rebels and that's fine they sort of needed to make them look dark, you know, just the darkness always helps mm-hmm. uh, with CGI. But um, I don't know if I expected them, you know, and then I saw them and then you could see us like Ahsoka and Sabine's looks and they were like, yes, this is this is important. <laughs> even even they were like, <laughs> and then I love Sabine's line of I haven't seen them since Ezra disappeared. And you're like, this is it. We're doing it, everybody. This is happening. We're, we're doing it. It's a setting up. We're, this is lovely. This is lovely. But uh, yeah, no, top moments, really great for me. Uh, Mike, I want to segue to you because it just sounds like a lot of this show has to possibly go back to the drawing board. We do not care. Well, here All right, everybody. I'm going to hand it over to Mr. Mike. He's tired, so he's he's already grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything could be perfect. The Bruins lost to a Panthers team that barely made the playoffs. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio was in a Lil Dicky video. Sometimes you just need to go back to the drawing board. Mm. I have two things on the drawing board this week. Sean, I pose my first question to you, being a science lover like myself. 
How do you feel about Ahsoka defying the laws of science and space and essentially being able to come back down to the ship? Now, on the rewatch, it was kind of at an angle. But (laughs) if you are jumping at an angle, there's no way she's doing that flip and landing on the wing of the ship. There is no way that is happening. Ahsoka is gone. Should be, at least. What are your thoughts on Ahsoka defying all laws of science and gravity? Outside of the outstanding black figure that Damien will purchase when it is released as a hot toy, <laughs> in full flip mode, but that would be a great um, hot toy flip. Just hanging from the ceiling. That's what I'm saying. Yes, for sure. I don't need science to entertain me in this. I don't have any true uh, scientific facts. What I can say is I would imagine the boots were magnetized at at some way, shape, or form, but then she's also floating away, so then that confused me. And I said, well, maybe that is not the case at that point. Another another thing that I don't want to hang my hat on because I really despised when seeing this for the first time in The Last Jedi with Leia, mm-hmm. space witching, using the force to pull you back to where you need to be, is canon. So, I thought I thought Ahsoka was going to use that. I, I would have liked be, if yeah. she like there was like a wham, you know, and then she, you know, then she propelled forward. I would have accepted it. I didn't like the space Leia scene. I'm not I, fe- I felt like they could have did that a lot differently. Who cares? Let's not get into it. It's not a Last Jedi discourse. I liked the Last Jedi up to 70% of it. That's passing for me. Um, I watched this three or four times. Here's what I can say. Kate loved it. And that's all I need. When I see Kate going, oh, it won. The episode won for me, you know, because she's like, she's in space. And I'm like, she is in space. Watch. How is she breathing? And I said, don't I don't know. It doesn't matter. Don't ask questions. Stop asking questions. Let's just watch what's watch what's <laughs> But here's the thing. The spaceship exploded, bro. There was sound all over the barrier. Who cares? It doesn't even matter. It was like I, I do like I just feel like that was such a classic Ahsoka stunt, right? Do you remember season seven? Okay. <laughs> she is jumping from ship to ship in atmosphere. <laughs> And propelling herself down as if gravity is irrelevant. And and if you really want to stay, you want to you want to get philosophical here. To the force, gravity is irrelevant in all facets of what environment you're in. I think you are able to manipulate space in in a way. That space, not space, space, but just the space around you, um, as you see fit, with enough discipline and focus. It's not a science answer, but you have to accept it. <laughs> I do have to accept it. I can still be angry at it. You can be, you know what? Emotional damage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Oh. Second thing on the drawing board. Dame. Yeesh. You work out. Sometimes. <laughs> do you ever, uh, ever, um, ever find yourself on a yoga mat? Doing some downward dog, some cobra. Ever find yourself in a yoga class? 
Yeah, not in a long time, but sometimes I to get the old, you know, now that I'm in my late 30s, the back end of my 30s, those those hips don't move the same way they used to. So <laughs> they've been, been telling lies for bit. years. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they're <laughs> such liars. How do you feel about Ahsoka essentially being a yoga instructor? Or my voice <laughs> and my intention. I, so that was like I I like the whole callback with like oh the blast shield I can't see like the mm-hmm. callback to episode four like I get it but I just thought that that kind of was drawn out a little too much like we understand that like okay Ahsoka's gonna give this another shot now um, but like it also kind of and maybe I'm wrong in thinking this but it kind of seemed like contradicting because like she's training her in these ways. But then she's saying that she doesn't need Sabine to be a Jedi. She needs her to be herself. And like with for me, some just Jedi-ness. Kind of, it was it was just like kind of, yeah, it was like it was like, well, she's training her this specific way and doing this, but mm-hmm. then she's just saying, Well, you know, be yourself, or she needs her to be herself. So mm-hmm. that you know, I appreciate the the little callback and um, you know, it was there were some good moments in there, but I it, for me, I was just kind of like, okay, it's cool, but um yeah, I didn't really I wasn't a huge fan of all of the training stuff, but I know they had to, you know, fill some time in the episode, obviously reestablish mm-hmm. the relationship with Sabine mm-hmm. and Ahsoka and that Padawan and, you know, master and apprentice thing. So uh, it wasn't terrible, but I would definitely go to a yoga class if Ahsoka was the instructor for sure. Question I pose to both of you now. Is can I it... wait? Can I follow up? You may follow up. Thank you. Um just to follow up on that, a line that was in a top moment for me was, I, I believe Sabine is our modern person questioning the Force, right? She's, she's, she's a tool right now for the audience saying, well, if everybody has it, why can't everybody use it, right? That's, that's the question that we ask, right? And usually the answer is something universally vague, right? Talent has answer. something to do with it. Didn't Ahsoka say that? What did she say? Talent, yes. Talent has something to do with it. Absolutely. Talent's a factor. But something that she also said was, that is something you'll have to discover, which is a vague answer. We don't know how what that's going to be. You know, just because she can't move stones or cups at this time doesn't mean she can't harness it in, a, in her own way. And I think that might be the lesson here is, you, you don't stop trying to compare yourself to what I can do mm-hmm. because you're going to be able to do it your own way when you discover that, whatever that is. You know, Luke, on the other hand, is literally being trained, also has the blood of, you know, Skywalkers. <laughs> so nat- natural tendencies is fine, and he just got to focus on it a little bit. Sabine right. doesn't really have that, you know, natural tendency. She's batting right-handed with her hands l- switched right now it doesn't make any sense and uh, i think she's gonna figure it out um the question you know to follow up i'll just jump into this now do we think sabine started sensing yoga master ahsoka or was it more anticipation i felt like sabine was attacking just literally blindly because she couldn't see or sense ahsoka and, you know, you get one parry and you can figure out where the person is, but you don't really know where they are. Yeah. 
or yeah. know what their next movement's going to be. That was more just, I thought it was more Sabine just attacking wildly and Ahsoka just defending it easily and messing right. with her. Right. And that was my, they left it very Inception like where did she or didn't she anticipate her? They obviously continued, you know, training and then it went to title screen and we didn't, we don't need to see that. Um, but is it, Megan brings up a good point. Is it like a muscle at this point where it can be trained little by little over time, which is kind of not what we understood it as. It was more of like a, this is a special power that only a certain few people have. Um, <clears throat> but with like Ray, they sort of, they were like, yeah, no, anybody can have it. You don't have to mm -hmm. really be uh, part of a bloodline or whatever. And then they mess that up with Rise of Skywalker. But anyways, um, point is, do we believe Sabine, in the end, will have something? Or will she just be a normie? And that's okay, too. Would it be okay if she never manifests the Force power? I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm good with that, too. Yeah, it wouldn't bother me. I don't think every hero or heroine in the Star Wars universe has to be a Jedi for them to, you know, take yeah. care of business. Um, so I would I would be totally fine with that. Yeah. And just to, to, to hearken to the, the midichlorian discourse in the chat lucas had to put science behind it so he put science behind it but i don't think the force can be scientifically proven as we've seen in space uh, as mike just asked the question so i think mystery with the force i think is a better story than the midichlorian counts are off the charts like i don't need it to be a database man <laughs> it's just like they either have it or they don't and that's good for me too and i think I think we're getting, you know, again, the Jedi order is gone. So we actually don't care about midichlorian counts at this point. We just care that there's good people out there harnessing this power for good, I guess. Bal really balancing, you know, for, for, for lack of a better uh, idea. Um, so, yes, back to you, Mike. Thank you. I just wanted to go off on that sidebar. So I think my issue just in general is with Ahsoka. Um, the, where's, where's the sass? Where where's the Ahsoka sass? I it, it's Ahsoka seems like a character now that you know went to a wellness retreat and now uses essential oils in everything that she does, and I'm not buying it. Um, like, <laughs> can hot take here is Ahsoka the worst character in her own show? Ooh, well, we already know who the best one is. It's Hu Yang. It's Hu so. Yang for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and even Yang Chopper stole the show. Chopper's also good. Um, yes. I don't, I don't not mind Ahsoka by itself, but I'm also not like an Ahsoka purist. You know, there are there's probably purists out there that have no intention, um, or not no intention, but like have no connection with this Ahsoka right now. There is definitely a difference between what we saw in Mando, Book of Boba Fett, and, and this Ahsoka, which is, mm -hmm. it's jarring. Um, this is, we're so, pun intended, animated with the show. It's like, we're in, you know? Right. Uh, I don't know what Filoni's angle is here, which leads me, actually, to a thing that I want to bring up is, when the hell is this happening in relation to Mando? Is it before Moff Gideon or after Moff Gideon? I need to know this answer. This will help me answer some questions, which I don't think they're very clear on right now. I can't get a sense of when this is happening. Yes, I know. Like, 
I, I believe she's met Grogu, but I also don't know because <laughs> she's like, I'm not training you, buddy. <laughs> and then she's being like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, wait, hold on one second. You can't have it both ways here. That's my big, that's my drawing board right now. It's like just, there is no indication of when this is happening, unless I'm an idiot, which I don't think I am. Although I am wearing a Gryffindor shirt on a Star Wars podcast, makes no sense. But here we None. are. Here we are. Uh, I just don't know when it's happening. And like people are referencing, like, oh, yeah, yeah this is like uh, right around chapters 15, 16 to Mandalorian. I'm like, prove it. How? How do you know this? Right. Like, okay, if you want to say, does this pick up? I don't even know the, uh, the Jedi episode when Mando meets Ahsoka and she battles Morgan. Okay, does it happen at that time? And we are now concurrent. We are running parallel. So we went back in time, so to speak, from Mando. And now we're running parallel to Mando. And then at some point, does Ahsoka go to Luke for advice? How does she find him? When does that happen? When does she meet Grogu? What's going on in the show? I just need to know a little bit about when it happens. And I think that will help us maybe understand Ahsoka's character a little bit better and why she is the way she is, because maybe she is reeling uh, from the PTSD of failing Sabine. You know, she walked away from Anakin, right? Like she said, she walked away from Sabine. Maybe she's trying to break the cycle, but then she walks away from Grogu and I'm super confused by it. So when does it happen? That's, that's all. I, that's my biggest drawback right now is I just don't know when this happens. Yeah, no, no clue. No idea. Mando area. Man, yeah, that's right. It's like, fine. Okay, New Republic era. Got it. Five years past. Got it. We're, we need more. I need just, I need a, a pin, a pinman of a Google map at a location in a precise time. I need a lower thirds immediately <laughs> when this happens. Please give me lower thirds a la Rogue One. Thank you, Gareth Edwards, for that. I appreciate you. Um, can I can I bring up a question back to science, Mike? To you? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. This is the first time I've ever seen turbo lasers hit a target more often without making it explodify. How great are those deflector shields on the T6? Well, I mean, they got it down to ten percent. <laughs> and then listen, we played Rogue Squadrons a lot. And there is no way you're taking on a turbo laser in a starfighter going full force at it, straight head on, and getting smash attacked over and over and no. over and over. Nope. No. I've never, I literally say, I've never seen a more accurate turbo laser shot in this show. That oh, didn't that miss one time. So maybe, maybe 90% accuracy hit rate. <laughs> and like, they were sensing every every direction that uh, the T six was going. They did not hundred percent. Sent they were sensing the intention. There we go. Not the direction. Yeah. Sensing yes, Night Sister witchcraft indeed. Um, maybe this is concurrent with season two. That's what some people in the chat are saying. Scarif and Megan. Maybe that's fine. I just need a just a little clarification. That's all. I just want a little. If we have some sort of, I don't need a crossover episode, but I do wow. need like a, 
Navarro is liberated on a newscast in the background scene somewhere. Like, that's all I need. And then I'll be like, cool. Now we can place this in time. You know, although they do. And that's the interesting thing is that they, the New Republic does mention, oh, yeah, we, we have Imperial people that are working for us, which, again, connects to season three. Mm-hmm. But doesn't exactly pinpoint us because it sounds like they've been doing that for a while now. Um, so again, good connection, New Republic wise, but not great time timeline wise. Back to you. That that uh, that concludes my drawing board. Unless Indeed. anybody has something they want to add to the drawing board, I don't think so. I think I'm good. All right, not too bad on the drawing board. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, you know what? Well, let's get our chatters involved here because I've got a very interesting question. So the question I have, uh, as I copy and paste it into the Jimmy Jam, is this. Here it comes. Going to delay just a moment. Here it goes right now. <sighs> Could intergalactic hyperspace travel be a game changer in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> yes or no. And why in the comments? Yes or no or why? Could intergalactic hyperspace travel, which are the exact terms that Hu Yang says, be a game changer in the Star Wars universe? That will be scrolling along the bottom for the next 15 to 20 or so minutes. So think about your answers here. All right, let's not, don't raise your hand. Like I say to the kids, seven seconds before you can answer so you can process we're going to give you more than seven seconds. We're going to give you 15 minutes because honestly there, although this was a short episode, I noticed some things. I bet you did too. Notice minutes. <laughs> that was a pretty good production. I got to say that. That was, that was not bad. We do this live, by the way, I don't prepare like segues and transitions. We do this without regard for practice in fact we didn't even prep the show usually we do but somebody was lost in space and we had to find him or just bucks county but whatever church of the space you were at, space sometimes. You were yeah. at the ch- church of the force i There's believe stars and stuff bucks county space same thing <laughs> yes indeed hey did you know that you could buy a boken boken help me boken i thought it was uh boken Okay, you can buy a Boken Saber for $75 on the internet with choice of color, too, if you choose. Hmm. I was watching it, obviously, with subtitles. Duh, because <laughs> I can't hear anything anymore. Uh, and, you know, it was like clattering of Boken Sabers. And I'm like, fun word. Going to write that down. Did a little research, a little searching, and found that they, they range between like $40 and $75. But those $75 ones looks really nice. Would you buy a Boken Saber? Why not? Great answer. <laughs> Great answer. Better chance of defending myself with that than a lightsaber that you could buy on the internet. Uh, 100%. I believe the Boken Saber would shatter the Galaxy's Edge Saber without a problem. We were fighting the other day, me and my daughter. This was a while ago, but we were clashing, you know, like fake clashing. The tip came off of the saber. Cool. Thank you, Disney. I appreciate that. Just the tip. 
just the tip. Very just for a second. good. Where is it? I changed my soundboard. Thank you right there. Just the tip. Very good. Thank you for your answers. A lot of them are streaming in. I appreciate you. I will star them as we go. Um, Senator Ziono is a dork, and he is also, if you didn't know this, the father of future Kaz from the Resistance. I watched Resistance season one and season two. I clowned on Kaz because Kaz is a clown. Hate him. Think he's the possibly the worst main character ever written for a show ever. And I, I say that with passion and uh, venom because I do think he was terrible for the show. He was comedic relief, but he was also the star of the show. And that didn't vibe with me. He had no hero qualities whatsoever. He ruined everything and had to clean up his mess every single episode. But what's super curious is, is our boy Ziono like a first order loyalist? Because as I was putzing around on the X.com, during the destruction of Hosnian Prime, he is just not present on planet and survives it. So did he know that that was going to happen? So he got himself off? Or was it a kawinky dink? I don't know, but I don't like him. That's what I can say about that. Yeah, I, I got like weird him. vibes from him. Definitely not, a fan, not a fan of you. Yeah. Mm-mm, indeed. I'll throw it to Mike. What'd you notice? Uh, did you notice the uh, sex eyes Sabine gave to the cup as she was trying to bring the cup back to her? Um, it, it was... Huh? I, she she gives the she gives the cup the f me eyes. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Like she's trying to bring the cup to her hand, and she look like looks looks at the cup, looks it up and down. Is like, what you doing later? I see you, P. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it was the strangest thing because like the, her like her eyes got low, and she kind of made like, yeah. a little face at it. It was again. I also think that scene is us attempting to move the cup. Oh, absolutely. The peak? No, didn't move. I feel like my force face would be like me trying to push out a huge turd. <laughs> Not sex. <laughs> like if I'm trying to move like the tissue box over here, I'm, I'm like. Yeah. What is your force face? It's not. It's quite different from the O face, I would believe, right? Yeah, uh, pushing out a poop. Yeah, it's my force face. <laughs> um, just to, not to circle back to the drawing board. I had a problem with how she was sipping from the cup. Yes. Was it weird? <laughs> she like, she did it like a shot, but it didn't even. So, there was no angle to it. Can I say that that was the worst CGI of the episode? <laughs> and that was real. She just like threw it into her. <laughs> I wasn't a fan. I was not a fan of it. It was so weird. It was so strange. I love um, it. What else? What else do I have? The uh, I have Hu Yang is a sassy bitch. Yes, he is. <laughs> Agree. And I feel like I mentioned this once per series, is that Star Wars loves taking normal names and making them weird. Okay. Give me the give me like, the one. Like in Andor, it was Tim with two M's, uh, and uh, Hera's son, Jason, J A C E N. Yeah. 
go fly a kite. <laughs> so there's a lot of speculation that he's named Jason because of Jason Solo in the Legends books. Mm-hmm. And that's just a little throwback and callback to when the Rebel Rebels was created. But also, it's a C, and that's just... That's that's so Gen Z. I can't even stand it. <laughs> yeah. Jason. Speaking yeah. of Jason, um, son of Kanan Jarrus. Um, yes. Does not really look like his animated counterpart, which is fine. We'll accept it. Here's weird. Here's what's weird. Uh, in the newly released <laughs> Lego Ghost, the hair is not green on Jason at all. It's brown. <laughs> So I don't know what they're going to do because it's not screen, it's not screen accurate, and that's what I noticed um, in the Lego world. Always bringing in a little bit of brick building to the show, as always. Anything else there, Mikey, or can we throw it to Dame? There was a cool thing I read uh, going back to the Boken um, about how it was um, uh, Lucas's Japanese inspiration, and they mm-hmm. called it uh, Zatochi. Was mm. it? And uh, the Japanese move. Uh, where was it? It's a fictional swordsman created by a Japanese novelist, and the name was Zatoichi, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it was like a nod to uh, Lucas's Japanese inspiration for I appreciate sword that. fighting. I mean, totally getting the dojo vibe. Like, yes, if this even does. The- yeah, even the music, like the real, oh, yeah. like quick, like strings, mm-hmm. had that like like a Japanese dual feel. There were a lot of strings in this episode, but I think the best part was a horny episode, like horny part, lots of horns um, during the Purgles, uh, which brings me to subtitles during space battle was epic music playing. I agree, I agree, totally. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I do my second watch with the. Uh, with the subtitles just to get the names yeah. it's like either suspenseful music yeah what wasn't one like motivating music uh probably yeah uh brooding brooding <laughs> yes. sense of danger music sense of danger um dame anything you noticed in this episode yes so there was the um uh hu yang did mention a lot of uh, hu yang talk i gotta get some sound clips from hu yang I, we gotta be able to back this up in production play all of his stuff play every line um so he did mention that oh, there was man. you know quote unquote few mandalorian mm-hmm. jedi mm-hmm. which i thought was kind of cool so uh, i don't know if that's planting seeds for maybe some spinoff or maybe super we, interesting we see something yeah um because yeah. what was it bizla I mean, the dark saber uh, literally. I mean, that's the history, the historical so, nature of that. Um, Speaking I thought that of was which, cool. is the dark saber still in play, or is it destroyed? I need to know the timeline. Damn it. Okay. I don't Does Hu Yang know about Grogu, Mandalorian, Mandalorian Jedi? What a mm. question! Mm. What a question! Hold on one second. Or Din Grogu, as he goes by now. Interesting. <laughs> Hu Yang's memory banks are incomplete if he does not know about Mandalorian Din Grogu, Din Grogu Jedi thing. Interesting. Sidebar. Back to um, you. No, all good. So I, I thought that was that was interesting. I hope they expand on that at some point. And then um, also just like the reiteration of anger and how it mm. can lead to the dark side. Um, like you know, it's it can you know quote unquote like 
give you a boost in the moment, but to lean on it too much eventually is the pathway to the dark side, just going back to Yoda and everything else. So um, I always like when they, they bring that kind of stuff up and it, it comes up, you know, pretty consistently whenever we have something with training. So um, I like that as well. And that was, that was pretty much the two things that I noticed. And then obviously Jason being in there was kind of cool to see his live action debut um, along with the Purgles, like fully seeing the Purgles this time. Um, yeah. So th- that was just, you know, a few things I, I liked, appreciated, noticed from this week's episode or part. Rehashing the Purgles. We first see the Purgles in Mando season three when when Din Grogu is looking up in hyperspace and sees them. Right. So that's sort of our if you're not part of Rebels lore. That's your first experience with them. You don't know what they are. You're just like, but that may have been a nice aha moment for a lot of Kaji fans out there going, that seems awfully familiar. You got the whale sounds in space and, you know, whatever. So that's like super, super interesting. I've got a few uh, more here. Some we discussed already, some we haven't. The the shin, a lot of shin, shin action in this, in this uh, episode here. The headset that she wears is literally the same headset that Anakin Skywalker wears in Ah. Revenge of the Sith. It's, I mean, it's literally, they took it from, they said, Hey, we're going to need that headset. And they just put it on her, which I was like, okay, manufacturers probably made the same things, but that's also a long time ago. Like would, wouldn't it change over time or was it taken from the Jedi starfighters? Ah. Is that a modified Jedi starfighter? I don't know. These are good questions that I have. Um, maybe it's just a callback. Maybe it's nothing. Doesn't matter. But it's not different. It's exactly the same. Go look it up. It's pretty cool. Her ship was pretty cool too. Love the ship. Almost bought it at Walmart. Held held back. Held back. <laughs> Had to buy snacks for the children first. But I do want the E wing. I do want. Now after seeing that episode, I was like, ah, I'm gonna buy that. <laughs> have to. Uh, and yeah. So just damn this show. Marketing is great. It's amazing. I would love to be in the, the, the fly on the wall in the Lego marketing room. Like, you know, all the secrets of shows like what a what a nightmare. Like, you know, what's going to happen in these shows already. And you're like not allowed to be ex- like surprised by them. Or maybe you get like, uh, you know, not not advanced, like a really, really like a preview of everything before it hits. So like quite possibly it's like. No and there's a good chance alerts. that answers the Jason hair debacle. Maybe. They didn't know who that was, and they mm-hmm. and it wasn't green. Maybe they post greenified his hair. Maybe down the line that becomes a like an expensive uh, minifigure because of yeah. the inaccuracy. Yeah, very. I mean, they've done it before with the clone trooper five hundred first or some some. They had the misprinting on the helmets. If you know, the nerds were really upset by it, but no one would notice. So real quick on that though, just from like the toy perspective. Um, this is like me knowing way too much about stupid stuff that will never benefit me in life, um, except for right now. Uh, so <laughs> you are the resident Andy. I am. I have that introduction for a reason, buddy. So um, a lot of these companies like Hasbro, Lego, they get um, so like, you know, Lucasfilm, Disney, whatever, will give them like a brief outline of something yeah. and like maybe some early concept art. And then they kind of go with that. So when mm. they did the Black Widow movie, they gave them concept art of David Harbour as Red Guardian, but he didn't have like the long beard, the long mm. hair, 
and everything else. And then they released this action figure and it looks like they just took like a hopper head from a Stranger Things toy and put it on this. And I'm like, it doesn't even look like him in the trailers. And then like six months later, they're like, oh, here's this new one that looks exactly like it does now that we know. Got so, it. so they kind of go off of that. But like you said, that minifigure could be worth something now because they're going to, you know, maybe make another set down the road. And yeah, then I'm curious sudden, if to wait. I don't know. Yeah, I have the original. I have the OG Ghost Rebels nice. one, which is significantly bigger than this. They've gone really. This has been. This is your Lego brick. Every ship since oh, I don't know, a year and a half. It feels has been scaled down. Yep, a bit. Detail work is great. It's more in line with like minifigure scale, I would say, to a point. Um, but it's they I think their their goal would to be they're more play friendly. They fit in your hand a little better. Um, mm-hmm. they're a little easier to build, which I'm not a fan of, but also at the same time, that's why they have the 18 plusers now. Right. If you need that complexity in your life, you go there. But for this, you know, this is a toy for a building toy uh for someone, not not a display toy like we do. And uh <laughs> I just think but but here's what I like about it is if you're like, all right, you bought into this your display collection is going to be scaled appropriately across right the shelf and it it should look really nice versus these tie fighters look all this different you know there's a different shape or well, not a different shape they're all the same shape but like it just looks feels different as if like you you yeah. drug the corner on a window and just made it a little bit bigger or made it a little bit smaller so mm-hmm. just a little bit of a noticement there i wonder hey. if that this has now become our our, our lego show uh, <laughs> I wonder if that is because, you know, they're making those those bigger models that are 150. Yeah, uh, a pop. I think so. They're like, if, you know, four people buy this $40, uh, this $40 version of, you know, fire spray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't you know, believe it's it's more profitable to do it that way than, you know, a hundred people buying the, 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 the fire spray at $40 a pop versus That's such a good point. Eight yep. people buying it at 150 a pop. I mean, there's metric, there's clearly metrics. They've, yeah. they've dove into that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Kids are still like, you know, their primary target are kids and, you know, teenage and whatever. And that's who's buying them. Now, now the adults are pausing. I would say the adults are pausing a little bit going, ooh, 350. Mm. Like, I'm going to, you know, and they have to start making decisions, and then it turns out to be, you know, I still want the Razor Crest, despite it being blown to smithereens. <laughs> but I don't know if I want the Razor Crest for $550, $600 right now. Like, I just, yeah. it's not appealing at that price point, but I'll buy the $120 one. No questions asked. You know, mm-hmm. I don't need that level of detail unless I want the challenge of the build. Yeah. Um and whatever but you know maybe one day maybe maybe if it goes on sale it will it won't it won't uh i've noticed that morgan and shin are not bffs no yep and i'm curious about their relationship and whether or not i'm not going to say love triangle just for the sake of it but like what is Balin's relationship to morgan and then when did shin come into the picture and why are they sort of banging uh conflict off of each other like Oh, they're coming into your sector. Oh, I'm very surprised by this. I thought you would have taken care of them. 
And then on the converse, um, I'll get them now. You know, just like that was very noticeable for me, like after episode one. A lot of attention. Not episode one, but part three, like after first watch, I was like, this is an interesting dynamic, especially since she hired them. Yeah. Right? As mercenaries. So mm-hmm. what's going on there? Very curious. Very curious. Speaking of. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. I, I, I need to know the why there because it, it's definitely – Hopefully it's something good, something with yeah. substance. Um, but yeah, it's definitely interesting that they're they're technically on the same side, but they don't like each other. But that's mm. kind of the point of a mercenary too. You know, you don't. I don't have to like you. I just have to do my job and get yeah. paid. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Di- another relationship dynamic. You know, obviously Balin is at the top. Yeah, Shin with the Padawan. <laughs> Balin is a daddy. Shin uh, with the Padawan braid. <laughs> But then, like, Maroc is, like, the wild card. But Shin's giving Maroc orders during this space battle. Form up on my wing, go here, do this, as you wish. Like, we hear him, you know, vocalize or going. And this is another curious, this sort of adds to the flavor of, is this a clone that is just following orders? Possible, possible, possible. Right? It's very interesting. I don't know. Um, but it just sort of eh, it it stokes the flame of way seeking for me going in Morocco is blue. Very curious. I don't know. I don't know. Question. Do you think the Purgles recognized Sabine in the force? Are they the same star whales that are in Rebels? Hmm. I don't know. They're a herd, obviously. They they migrate, obviously. Are they the same ones that took the Chimera at the end of Rebels, and did they return? And now they're sort of, you know, doing their thing, and they're about to migrate once again. But I was wondering if they could sense friendliness out of that T6 um, and sort of giving, providing them that cover that they, hey, I see an opening. Did she? Or did the Purgles give them that opening to have them escape because they recognized them? Hmm. I wouldn't, I, I would say Filoni would do something like that. He's very, he was all, he's always been animal forward um, with all of his stuff, yeah. putting a little bit of mystery in the animal and things of that nature. So just things, things I noticed, questions I put out there in the ether. And then the, uh, <laughs> the final thing I added this late, and this was after watching the episode with my daughter. She talks the entire time. This is why this was fourth watch today. And she made a pop. I, I mentioned this in the Instagram. She made a pop culture reference that I went, what are you talking about? And she, <laughs> and she had to explain it, of course. And she goes, oh, and she's looking at Shin, right? And you see Shin face FaceTime Shia or Sia Bangs, Shia. We're just going to go with Shia, right? Shia. Shia, Shia, Shia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and um, she goes, oh, she looks like she's from Paddington. And I went, what? Pa- Paddington? What are you talking about? And <laughs> I'll have to bring it up and I should have prepared this. But um, I start now. I'm like in my phone and I discover that Nicole Kidman was in Paddington. Yes. Ah. And this is what Nicole Kidman in Paddington looks like. Oh, man, this is amazing. Where is it? Right here. 
<laughs> so, Yikes. So, my six-year-old knew way more about this uh, character than I did because Paddington apparently is a movie she's watched. I've never watched it. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's her. And I said, well, it's not the same actor, but I'm with you, sister friend. I'm with you on that. So I just thought that was that was super funny. Apparently um, Paddington 2 is amazing. Ah, oh, damn it. Now, now really? add it to another movie. Would I watch it? Wee wee list? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I do, before we um, end the noticements, I did want to pay tribute uh, to something. I wanted to pay, not you're going to think it's going to go Jimmy Buffett. It's not. We're going to pay tribute to what I like to call the Shin Show. Two and three, close range and engage. Two, six, with me. Morgan, they're entering your sector. Rock. You almost got them. We have them. I see her. I've never seen something copy and pasted so much in my life than the way she looks in the cockpit of a starfighter. <laughs> and I just noticed it a lot. And I was like, I got to pull every single one. And that's what I did while we were deciphering the map. Not one blink. She didn't blink one time. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Which is funny because Ambrose is geeky. says Shin not blinking adds to the intensity of the character. And 1000%. I am very much intimidated by this lady i get and major wednesday adams vibes yeah, from her I'm yeah. Super, yeah i totally agree but did you see the headset right mm. that gold headset going across the, the forehead and stuff super interesting that is the shin show and that is the noticements as long as no one else has any i so watching that clip there uh, mm -hmm. or clips um i did notice that no one plays second fiddle to see his bangs no no one. not even that no. headset Nope. No, I think that was a reference to lyrics, and I didn't get it. So I no, appreciate just, yeah, just the just see his bangs, <laughs> just the bangs. Thank you, thank you. But uh, she'll never say see your bangs. I would like to see you with your predictions and your way seeking. So let's do that now. Right, so we're getting to the end of this lovely podcast channel live show, and we appreciate everybody for sticking around. And if you cut out early, well, you're missing out on some of the juicy potential that we have with this show. Mike, you said you had some way-seeking ideas earlier in the show, so let's start off with you. So we... We obviously know they're going to this other galaxy. You know, mm. the, the Eye of Scion has the, what, like six, I think they said six hyperspace hyperdrives. Six with a seventh being installed, I think. Or the sixth was Three being installed. On the side, one at the bottom, I think. That's how I saw it. So my prediction is that I don't know what... Um, Sabine and Ahsoka are going to do either they like 
mount to the side of the Eye of Zion or they hitch a ride with a Purgle, they're all going to end up in this other galaxy. Um, uh, that That's like obvious, I think. Yeah. The Eye of Zion is going to break down to where they can't get back to this galaxy that they're in. And it sets up almost like the, the subatomic level in, uh, in, in Marvel mm. where the sequel series, you hear nothing about a Sabine and Ahsoka, a Thrawn where mm-hmm. they're going to have their own world mm. yep. away from the star Wars world that we know. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to be over there in that galaxy, setting up all new characters, possibly all new battles, all new wars, all new movies, all new merchandise, all new Lego sets, all the above. Star Wars plus. Star Wars plus, yeah. Star Wars subatomic level. First off, I'm with you on that. It absolutely relates to what I was saying with just a little bit of it's not happening after sequel trilogy. It's happening concurrent to sequel mm-hmm. trilogy for lots of stories. And I'm with you. Um, there was an there was a comp. Let's go to the comics in Star Wars number 34 to 36. Don't quote me on it. I'd have to look at the records. There's a small arc. Well, Okay. There's a small arc of our characters looking for a lost fleet that has gas for their fleet, right? They are they are a fledgling uh, rebellion, and they need to find fuel and resources for their ships because obviously the Empire is very big, and we're not quite we're not quite at Return of the Jedi levels of Armada. So there's there's uh, rumors of a fleet and they sort of I forget how they get there. But the only way to get there was using what they call a path engine. Ooh, a path engine is a hyperspace drive that ships in the, in the High Republic used to jump to specific pre-coordinated random points, not exactly very very structured obviously hyperspace travel is dangerous and they have to go down a hyperspace lane and if any variation to that could lead to destruction of the ship or destruction of others that's really how the high republic starts is a ship gets pulled out of hyperspace and breaks into 47 pieces and they are those pieces are still traveling through hyperspace at at speed and hitting different planets and millions of people are dying and that's really how the high republic opens it's actually very very interesting um, our heroes that we know, Luke, Leia, find a path engine, convenient, High Republic uh, connection, and, you know, go to the coordinates preset in this path engine, and they find the colony that has the gas, but they've been there for 35 years in this place called No Space that you can't get to without a very particular coordinates and engine. Like, so... This sort of that what you said is like reminding me that hey they set up their own civilization they they figured out how to live in this area mm-hmm. and then other people showed up and they said oh news are here soon you'll be olds because you'll you're actually never getting out of here there's no way out there's only in 
and I'm like, this is wild. So then they end up, I think that they used a path engine to get out. I think they found their way in, but once you get in, space doesn't let you out. So I was like, wow, this is, I mean, that's a really crazy concept for a comic book, but intergalactic space travel, star whales, not, not out of the question. I love it. And I'd be good with it. Little side shoot off. Mm-hmm. Um, new stories, more stories. Maybe Mando joins them because obviously Mando's not part of the sequel trilogy. You would think. Yeah. One right. would think that someone who is so good would be part of that final. We would think we would see maybe the end one in the Battle of Exegol, but we sure didn't. Maybe there were end ones. I don't know that the uh, the aggressive nature of all those ships at Exegol really bothered me. We should really go back into the movies and do tops and bottoms. But uh, point is, I agree with you. I think they're gonna stow away. I think the T six is dead in the water. I think they're going to stow away somehow onto the hyperspace ring as a last resort of some some. I, I think, like I said, the the New Republic is out at this point. They are not helpful. They're not doing anything. Um, they've closed that chapter of the story. Hera's been great, but she's done. <laughs> you know, like I don't think we're gonna get Hera anymore until maybe the end. Um, next episode is mid, right? It's the middle of the series. Oh, I thought you were talking. Uh, oh, like the, the like term that all the the kids Gen say Z these days. slang, not <laughs> slangy and slangy. Okay, but but mid mid. Do we get like a semi cliffhanger next week? You know, like, do we get a Morak is identified and they blast away on the Ring of Scion and like Ahsoka sees who it is and then boom, they're gone. And now we, like, we don't, she sees it, but we didn't see it. And now Ahsoka knows, but we don't know. Is that the cliffhanger? Hmm. I don't know. Or do they get to the other galaxy? Maybe they, maybe they travel and we get a Thrawn sighting and it, and it cuts. Because that's your mid-series sort of cliffhanger. I don't know, possibly, like that, but I like think that back of Thrawn shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly from the trailer because we've already yeah. seen it, right? But mm-hmm. why not do it at this point? And then, kind of like how we usually analyze the trailers. When is it when we don't see stuff from trailers at this point? Right. Yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> a lot of the stuff we've seen, especially in this episode. Probably, I think it was new. You know, there was a lot of newness to it. Like, I couldn't remember. Well, I didn't really watch a lot of promotion, so I, I can't speak to it. But Anakin had a speaking lines in a trailer spot, and we I haven't heard him yet. So is that coming, or was that just hypey, hypey stuff? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, no, I think I think you're right on it. They're going to, I think they're they're traveling in the next episode some way, shape, or form on this hyperspace ring that on is untested. Coaster. That's right. That is untested and big enough to bring a Star Destroyer back, mind you, um, to this galaxy for sure. For sure. Built specifically. Like, that's a scale (laughs) that can't be wrong. You know, flying a kite needs certain wind and dimensions and parameters. Uh, Apparently, that needs to follow science and physics, but Ahsoka does not. Here we go. Dame, you're uh, way-seeking. If Mike yeah. was finished, I think Mike, we were you were finished with yeah, the seeking. Okay, <laughs> so I definitely agree with that too. Because um, when you think about like how many, like the whole area of corner of the galaxy that the Skywalker saga is taking place in, and everything we've known so far, like this would just be kind of a almost uh, like how the Flash was for 
James Gunn with DC, like this way to hit refresh to kind of like shake things up and create new opportunities and stories and things like that. And I think it would be good, um, you know, for a lot of Star Wars fans if they did do something like that as well. Um, and I would like to see that. I think it would be really neat, um, depending on how they handle it. But I, I definitely think some sort of time travel mm. uh, especially with the per- it's it has to like with the purgles like i think there's going to be something there whether it's like a back to the future type thing they go back in time i mean we've seen seems like everyone's doing time now uh, like marvel did time dc's doing time star wars yeah. doing it now so it seems t- like time travel is just the thing to do but it is a convenient way to like you know get rid of stuff you didn't necessarily want to you know talk about anymore or introduce new ideas yeah. um but i do think that at some point here, and this is kind of going back to your point, Sean, of like, when does this show take place? Right. Um, I think we're going to see Mando at some point. I think we're mm. getting a Mando camo cameo. Um, Mando, Mando camo. camo. Mando camo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't, can't even see it. What's the point? Um, <laughs> so I definitely think we would get a, a cameo from him at some point, And that will hopefully put into perspective when this exactly takes place. Um, Cause there's just so many unanswered questions as to like yeah. where it is. And because they're, we know they're doing a movie with all of these shows tied in. It would be nice to know where this sits in the timeline. So I'm, I'm thinking we will see Mando at some point. Um, and then also um, two more things. So I really hope we see some, um flashback scenes from like clone wars and rebels which i know Agreed. obviously we're, we're getting hayden Agreed. but um in live action obviously which would be really cool especially for mm-hmm. the rebels part of that mm-hmm. so i'm hoping we see that and i really want to see um dengar riding a purgle just just i think amazing. It, with the way we're talking dengar is always a possibility <laughs> And I don't think you should I don't think people should be scared of the idea of doing not time. I'm not going to call it time travel because time travel has implications of changing what was before. Right. Right. I just think you don't have to change anything. You don't have to kill off the sequel trilogy. I think it's here to stay. But I think this is a a way to go around it and Mm -hmm. move away from it and also build out the galaxy Maybe they find a maybe the Purgles go into some sort of space hibernation and that loophole is closed mm-hmm. at that point. They and and at and like it's a C3PO and one day they disappeared. We would have to accept it. Yep, we don't and need somehow they return and then somehow Palpatine <laughs> returned and somehow they woke up and exactly, exactly. So, no, I think uh, it's like I didn't, I didn't expect this level of excitement for lack of a better term time travel and the usage of time and space in a show like this where i thought was i don't i guess i didn't think about how cut and dry this was going to be i didn't really expect the training of sabine but i'm enjoying it um i i you know i thought we're going to get the thrawn how are we going to get there right that's a big hyperspace ring things are starting to like clamber together and i'm like oh man Part four happens tomorrow, September 5th. Here we go. It's it's right around the corner. We're talking about it. We're getting hyped for it. Time shifting is an interesting concept. Ambrose, very interesting. The shifting of times, the moving of the sand. We don't have to change anything. You know, Loki 
is in the time. What do they call it? T T T W whatever. T W A. T W A. That's a old airline, I believe. Yeah. That my fun time, fact, my time, aunt uh, time variance authority. My aunt worked for T W A, um, oh. so that's fun. Fun fact about my family. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a very interesting way seeking segment, and I thank you for your contributions to it. Uh, but as we finish up our episode, being an hour twenty one in, let's let's get our one sentence summaries to go. Hey, one sentence summaries. I wrote a haiku. Cool. It's not a one sentence. Fine. Okay. I wrote a haiku. Tell me, tell me when I should go. Go. Okay. <laughs> five seven five, right? Did I do this right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Five seven five I did, is correct. I did finger tap. I finger tapped while writing this and I went, mm, I gotta use different words. Okay. A haiku. Ahsoka guides Ren. Shin and Morgan no likey. Balin looks badass. Yep. I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> we didn't even speak about Balin. No. But how menacing was the final scene? What, five seconds of screen time? Yeah. No, it was it was a good 25 because that was a slow zoom in to Ray. And cut the black. I was like, this episode's about to end. I don't want it to end because Balin is a daddy. That is correct. Yes, he is. Balin is a daddy. <laughs> and uh, that was a I, I mean, I forgot Balin was part of it because you know you got your your cronies doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Go hunt them down. We're in for it for the beginning of this episode next in part four in just a few. Oh, not in I would say in just a few hours, but it's not. It's more in like twelve. <laughs> We're a good 12. Are we 12 hours away? No, Less we're almost like, we're like 24, 22 hours You're away. Right. You're right. It is. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking military time. That's not true. I, I got my math wrong. 22 hours away from uh, part four's debut. So used to that 3 a.m. time slot. Mike, your one sentence summary, please. I went punny. Hmm. After a slow start, it does feel like something is. Pergolating. <laughs> okay. I love it. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. You're welcome. You guys, okay, for one of the segments, you have to get maybe for ways, like, since we're talking about way seeking, like, ideas, do time for the pergolator. Um. If I if I record myself just saying pergolator, I might be able to replace percolator over pergolator in audio. It's time for the pergolator. It's time for the pergolator. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. Please remind me. I will try my best. It's amazing. I love it. All right, mine was mine was just straightforward. So I, I said after a one-two punch, episode three was a so-so. Oh. I enjoyed it, but I like I said earlier, one and two was just more fun to me. This I like they're too much training. I thought training was good, but too, there was just like a lot of it. Um, 
and it was just you know there was a lot of action it wasn't like there wasn't action but it just didn't do anything for me like it did in episodes one and two it was familiar action yeah okay all right well get a life what do you want me to do be be more (laughs) excited about it no that's fine you are entitled to your poor opinion of the episode and that's we will accept it but that is our one sentence summary we've got some we've got some (laughs) we've got some answers to the chatters and the question was man that that grease horns really hits you probably hate that because it's not strings um i love grease (laughs) name a couple that definitely didn't stay together uh in the after high school it would be them for sure no way no way she went to college he didn't that's just it that's the end of the story scarf scuttlebutt podcast chiming in yes travel to other galaxies can offer us new allies and new adversaries very nice meg says yes because it could lead to travel to thrawn's home world Ooh, which correct me if i'm wrong it's located outside the main star wars galaxy 100 correct in the unknown regions uh for sure I believe the story, correct me if I'm wrong. Spoiler alert, I'm never wrong. Uh, Palpatine sort of explored these unknown regions, uh, but the, man, the the name of his species is eluding me at this time, but they do not attack you unless you attack them. There are certain wartime rules that they follow. And that's a lot of Thrawn's sort of... He got thrown out of their uh, world. He got exiled because he preemptively attacked an aggressor, but they didn't shoot first, but he was able to prove that they were about to, which is like it sort of gets to his brain of that pre-planning out phase where he's like four steps ahead before you're even there. Books are fantastic. You should absolutely read every Thrawn novel. Timothy... Zahn does a great job with ex- exploiting the character. It's really great. Ambrose, Disney owns the rights to escape from New York, have them travel to Parallel 1997 and recruit Snake Poliskin <laughs> to fight with them. Yeah. Guess, guess who didn't get that pop culture reference? Me. Thank you. Okay. And finally, not exactly an answer to the question, but something I found very interesting. What if those Mando Ahsoka episodes were supposed to be part of the series? Hmm. Interesting. We ponder. We ponder and we ponder. <sighs> we did Friends, it. We did it. We re- we reached the end of our lovely show here, and we thank everybody for hanging out, chatting with us, sticking with us through the small delay. Thanks, map seekers. But in reality, we would have gotten over at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and that's pretty good. We are within the 90 minutes of the promised 70-minute show. So I think that's pretty good. Nice. <laughs> Plus or minus 20 for that. Well, we I had wanna... to stop to talk about Lego for We did. Minutes. I mean, we did. Yes. We did go that route. And, and I think we're all smarter of it because of that. Anyway. Thank you for joining us for this discussion on Ahsoka. As always, if you're watching the live or watching this after the fact, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. My daughter can't say subscribe. Can anybody really say subscribe without messing it up the first time? It's a tough word. Subscribe. Yep. Eh, there's, there's, a lot, 
Yeah, there's a lot going on with that word. I just say, just say sub. It's all good. It's sub. not a hoagie. It's a sub. Drop <laughs> a comment and interact with us on the socials. Just search Extra Star Wars and you'll probably find us. For other content, check out bio.link backslash extra techie. And for more nerdy content, head on over to bio.link backslash red five. That is our show, everyone. Damien, great job. Thanks to Kim for putting down the little one tonight. You did it. Mikey, I'm... <laughs> Very upset that you're tired because we have to go to work tomorrow and we have to be like energized and on for these children. And it's like so, so annoying. Yeah, we do. But we're back. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun. I thank you very much, everybody, for the show. We're going to get this out on audio soon. Um, but make sure you subscribe to the channel and uh, come back next time. We'll be back here next week talking about part four. We hope you enjoyed part four coming out September 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern standard time and yes i did make an outro so we'll see you on the other side <laughs>